Everybody, Scoots here, and we're talking. Welcome back, Doctor. Instead of Cotter, welcome back, Doctor. We're talking Doctor Who like a while ago. I don't know if it's been a year, two years since we've covered some Doctor Who, but oh boy, did I miss it. And I forgot how much I missed it, so I started watching it again. So I'm so happy to be back. We're in the middle of season uh, three, the second David Tennant season. Uh, and we're starting with episode seven. And what we'll do is we, we, I enjoyed with this with the, well, to, let's be perfectly honest. I, I enjoyed reading through my notes and then watching it on Great British Bake Off. But I also sat down to record and I don't have my iPad with me. So I said, okay, I guess we're rolling with the notes first. So we'll run through my notes and then we'll run through the episode visually. So that'll be fun, right? Uh, and this is, so this is Doctor Who, who season E, which I think is actually a three, episode seven. Luckily, for some reason, one of my bosses taught me to use a European seven, you know, with the thing in the middle. So I can always, I can always tell when I do a seven, but any other, so that I got that going for me and know my sevens. And according, like 42 seconds is what I put for the episode title, but I think it's just 42 and technically, I think it's 42 minutes. Uh, we got a quick TARDIS toot show. Oh, oh flutes. Is this a flute solo? Quick TARDIS, T-U-T-E-S-H-O, then flip phone. What does toot show mean? <laughs> I don't think there was a flute solo. Interesting. Toot show. Um... But then the, there's big bezels on the phone. Maybe uh, this doesn't say sonic screwdriver. Oh, that comes up. Big bezel, sonic screwdriver. Maybe it showed it outside. Toot show. Flute show. It's only four letters. It definitely looks like T-U-T-E. Tutu? Maybe tutu, tutu show? No one was in a tutu that I know of. But uh, flip phone, big bezel, screwdriver. Pursed Doc, that's what that looks like. Pursed Doc, Pursed Doc Lips, uh, Universal Roaming, No Way, Two, Frequent Flyers, Prinking, Parking, per Privilege, I think, uh, Park, uh, Dissolution, they get a call, basically, there's turbulence, and they're coming in hot, they get a, a distress call, distress call, maybe that says... They're coming in hot. There's steam, like a steam, like a sauna. Can't stand the heat. Can't start the heat. Uh, and we see crew running times three, get out. So they basically go into this chamber, the TARDIS. Uh, they get out of TARDIS. It's really hot. And then the doctor says, they say, what's going on here? You know, doctor, we'll, we'll go through that when we go through it. Then the crew runs, three crew members, they say, what are you doing in there? It's like boiling in there. Uh, get out. And the doctor says, we've got no engines. Then there's a secure closure and something's locked into 27. Who are you? He's the doctor and I'm Martha. Martha, it been too long. If I can't, if you don't mind me saying, you and the doctor. Uh, 42 minutes, uh, doctor, doctor, doctor times two. How come, how come, here's a pitch too late now, but instead of sister, sister, they could have had 
uh, or we could do this with another set of twins, uh, but it'd be better if it was like a, a, like a, like a, not a reboot, but a continuation. So there was a show, Sister, Sister, right? What if there was a show like in the future, Doctor, Doctor? I'm just saying that would work. That's like, that's a title that could be used. Is there, there hasn't been, how come there hasn't been a show about, here's a pitch, uh, not for free, by the way. And, uh, but it, Doctor, Doctor. This would be more of a mainstream show. These are not the, where my skill set is, but uh, two doctors that are twins uh, uh, probably would be something I would not that I would not be nice to on the podcast or in my mind. Like, what's your favorite show, Doctor Doctor? Man, so I find out about the latest breakfast cereals and uh, mainstream products, uh, and uh, like uh, I need my laugh track. Oh, it's not, it's a, no, it's, it's, it's just a uh, sitcom. It's a sitcomedy. What's that? Well, because it has a little bit of, it's, it, it's barely dramatic. Uh, oh, where can I watch this? Oh, only in Scooter's imagination when he thinks of it. Originally supposed to be the, uh, uh, the sisters from Sister Sister, but then he could only get the Winklevoss. The people he could only get the Wink. Then he tried to do the Weasleys. Uh, obviously, that didn't work out. So then he was able to do the Winklevosses. He calls them the Winklevi. That's how he was able to get around because they didn't actually want to be involved. Uh, so anyway, it's it was it was. Uh, he doesn't think about it often. So I guess you could say it's no longer airing. Okay, but so back to the show. Oh, so then my next question was, is this real time like 24? There's a once upon a time for all of you youth out there and, and those of you not in the U.S. There was a show. I think it was on for many, many seasons. Then there was a, a break and then it was rebooted at least once. It starred Kiefer Sutherland and it was called 24. And at the time, and this was before... um the Sopranos and, 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 and like TV had changed. This was kind of like, I think it probably spanned the cusp of TV streaming. What do they call it? Golden platinum television, television. I don't know. Whatever they call it. Peak TV. I don't believe that term, but, uh, um, <laughs> talk about petering things out. But so the show 24 was based on the premise that it was happening in real time. So Kiefer Sutherland was this person with all of these skills, and it was like an action show. It was on Fox, and each episode would play out over an hour. Now, obviously, you know, it's fiction, but it was like they tried to, that was the one of the conceits was like, this is, he, Kiefer Sutherland has essentially 24 hours to save something very important. And I, I presume it was 24 episodes. And I remember, uh, like, I remember watching it, right? Uh, and the first few seasons were, like, uh, constantly talked about. Then I got a job. And the people I got a job with, uh, they were, like, huge 24 fans. Uh, so it was, like, almost a working requirement uh, to work for them. And um, what's my point in there? I guess my point was that, uh, um, oh, the, at some point it became, it took, it took, it realized, uh, I, I, I believe it could have been a, a series of mishandles, but I think like there were campy elements of it and, uh, soap operatic elements. 
And so they leaned into those, I think, in a good way. When I was watching it, when I was working uh, with the, the, this husband and wife team, and uh, so the main thing was the show played out and essentially tried to pl- tried to stick to the premise. Each episode was an hour long. I don't know. Again, don't ask me what happened. I think it was still that hour was still running during the commercials. And it had a ticking clock. This episode has a ticking clock, uh, but I had to do some basic math. Uh, but I put 207 was at when they said 24, 42 minutes left. Uh, time starts uh, Sunday. Big sun, big ship, big music. So there's a sun, there's a big ship, there's big music. Uh, the ship's out of control. Then the episode opens. Uh, and we see, there, we find out there's seven crew... There's something with an A. There's steam. There's my ship. It, this is a a lot of cuts. This is a very uh, quick moving episode. Uh, it's uh, there was on the second and third time I watched it, I said, okay, it was a little bit slower. The first time I, I was kind of like breathless. It would be like uh, and. Uh, like, uh, but, but the second or the third time I watched it, I said, okay, it does have a couple slower beats, uh, and really pungent or whatever, not pungent beats, but, uh, the poignant ones, uh, but anyway, it is one of the faster moving episodes, not a lot of, uh, introspection or pondering action based, uh, seven crew steam, my ship lifeboat were stuck. Uh, there's 40 minutes and 26 seconds left. Blimey uncredited everyone on on something engine ashton corwin glass glasses oh we're on taraji we're in the taraji system oh doctor puts his glasses on figures out we're there taraji system half a universe away martha doctor does a throwaway what seemingly a throwaway line which is actually essential he says uh oh is this before or after they banned energy scoops for fusion uh and uh, the crew, crew kind of has a, there's a look uh, out, outlawed yet. Uh, no response or no repose, burnt out controls, auxiliary engines, 29 password sealed doors, no engine, no. How about some Dunkirk spirit, the doctor says. Uh, it's a two-person job. Uh, Martha thanks, Martha thanks, Martha helps. Be careful. McDonald, get up to med. Careful now, lots of running. So this is my first math attempt. Uh, <laughs> an attempt is a, like a way to describe it. Uh, 3431 is the time left on the 42-minute clock, but six minutes have elapsed in the episode. So that's kind of, this is our, like, control time now, because I didn't do a control time earlier, apparently. Or did I? Oh, yeah, two forty-two to 2. At 2 minutes, the clock started, and that's at 42. So at 42 is 2 minutes, so it should have been 40 would be 4 minutes, at 38 would be 6 minutes, but we're at 34. So it is not exactly real time. Or my math is off. Uh, yeah, I put 42 to 2. 4 shall be 46, should be 38. Uh, dude in tube won't open. 
his eyes, a too hot, too hot baby. Sabotage the ship, no way. I saw it. Open your eyes, the doctor's saying. Hey, man, open your eyes. A sedative, a stasis chamber, bioscan. Something's going on. May have caught a cold. Industrial music. Uh, I just realized at this moment, like I was thinking, I was hearing, the, I said, oh, remember I, I remember writing about that industrial music. A uh, little bit like uh, Nine Inch Nails or uh, like a Ministry. But I said, oh, wait, that was on Mandalorian. But kind of a similar vibe, uh, a little bit. Uh, any questions? Who are you? I'm the doctor. So the med person says, who are you? He says, I'm the doctor. The dude wakes up, uh, but no one sees it. Then we're eight minutes in, 32 minutes on the clock. I don't know what the math is on that. Clamp door, trip colors, uh, trip coders. But only one chance, uh, SS Pentillion's uh, first flight. So basically, there, every time a door seals on the ship uh, when they were partying, science of data, dude, wakes up. Uh, scans of data wakes up trouble. Then there's a happy prime mention in the really funny dial, like 331, 313, 331, 367, the next number in that sequence, just in case you need it one day, 379. But don't use it because my handwriting, I, I didn't do a European 7. So it looks like a 7. Will do, thanks. Uh, pub quiz, uh, be at last. Here comes the sun. So then they get a question, who had more number one hits pre-download era? Elvis or the Beatles, and I was like, uh, I, I would have definitely got it wrong. And even the doctor makes it, here comes the sun thing. Use wrenches uh, to do to a jump start. Uh, so they're going to try to jump start the engines. Uh, tiny glimmer of hope. And then we're at 2546, but 1110 in the episode. Martha calls her mom. I've been calling you in listen time. Who did you get? So radio. So rude. So Martha's mom plays like she's irritated again. Are you with the doctor? Where are you? I'm concerned. Then we put Colin, but I think it's Corwin's body is changing. Eyes closed. He's awake. Urgent. Doctor runs. Guitar music. Eyes closed. Son with me. He says, man, let's sit out in the sun instead of working. Basically, this Corwin He's behaving strangely. He's saying, let's just park the engine and sit in the sun. Very similar. Uh, but, but like at first, the first time I watched it, I said, oh, this is similar to, um, now I can't even remember the name of the movie. So never mind. Uh, it was a movie. Oh, nope. I almost had it, but it's gone now. Uh, but then it turns out the answer is Elvis. Who had more number ones, Elvis or the Beatles? I guess it's Elvis. Uh, so probably means, uh, I said, because the Beatles catalog is so huge, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I love Elvis, uh, but uh, steam with me, he says, then sun with me. What's What was that got to go? Hand on, 27.06 left 14. So math, you can do it on your own. Colin, give steam with me, not Luna Vapor. Bioscan, 100 degrees, hydrogen. It's got to be wrong. 
So doctor basically saying he's become a hydrogen based being. Planet fill exant content, uh, just a cargo ship. Uh, so doctor's trying to get to the bottom of this, like solve the mystery part of what happened to Corwin. Why did he become a hydrogen based being that doesn't want to work or have the ship move, but just wants to bask in the glory of the sun? It was a Danny Boyle movie. Sun. It was about the sun. And uh, I used to watch it a lot with my brother. Very visually stunning movie. Uh, great performances, too. I think, uh, yeah, I'm thinking of the casting. Holy moly. Anyway, just a cargo ship. Dr. Stairs. Uh, we think he steams. Abby. Urena at her locker. She's irritated. Corwin shows up. Uh, can you give him a, we've been married for 11 years. Uh, he keeps me honest. Uh, no false hope. He's gone. So the doctor's interviewing the captain of the ship saying, what's happened? What has strange happened? Uh, and she says, nothing. And the doctor says, well, it doesn't make any sense then. Is nothing strange? You haven't docked with anybody. You haven't done it. Oh, I almost had it. Sun, sunlight. Uh, not the name of the movie. But, uh, and he says, I don't know. She says, I don't know. Nothing strange has happened. But you can see on her face that she's not telling the truth. Uh, I wish I knew. It's vital you tell me. Eyebrow up. Uh, steam door run. Area 17. Another crew out. Corwin. We are mates. It's too hot. Too hot, baby. Uh, then we see a shot of the ship in the sun. The door. Corwin moves. They got reserves. They got a reserve pod. You get stuck in escape, uh, put on trying to reprogram. Okay, so what happens here is uh, Martha and one of the crew members, uh, they're the ones trying to open all the sealed doors. Corwin shows up. He's a hydrogen-based being now, and he's not down to problem-solve anymore. So he says... Uh, uh, they, they try to get away from him because he also has the power of the sun. And in close quarters, that's no good. He, he, when he says too hot, too hot, baby, he means that he like run away lately or whatever the next line is. So they run into an escape pod. Then Corwin and the crew member are both trying to reprogram the escape pod. Corwin's trying to launch it, which the only thing nearby with gravitational pull is a giant sun. And so they go. They do a reprogramming back and forth like three or four times. Uh, Ashton's his name, and he looks like an like I think that's maybe is that Ashton? I don't know. But you know, there, there's that boy band, Five Seconds of Summer. There's Ashton in there, and this this guy's got a hunk. He's got he's got some hunk action going too. No way to jumpstart. What the heck, uh, Corwin? What? Where are you? What are you? Why? My husband, you know, okay, so, oh, wait, I'm, I got ahead of myself here. So they try to jettison, reschedule, lots of yelling, doctors running, hold, stabilize, lots of breathing, laughs. Uh, so then finally, uh, Corwin smashes the controls, launches the escape pod. There's no way to stop it. Uh, 
so then Cass, the, the captain of the ship, says, my husband, you know me, I'm Cass, your wife. He says, it's your fault. Uh, the doctor runs two verts of it. Uh, oh, this is when he punches it. Uh, two verts of it, uh, three exclamation points. Uh, I don't know what that is. Two verde of it. Uh, punches, can't stop it, can't stop it. Your fault. Steam bath. Uh, Dr. V, I want to know. Airlock sealed. Ashton on his way. Locked in airlock. Pot out. Ding, ding, ding. Doctor and Martha. I'll show, I'll save you. Don't worry. I'll save you. I can't hear you. So he's saying, I'll save you. Martha and this guy, maybe Ashton are, are on the skate pod getting launched. Can't hear you times three. The pod's out. Doctor says, sorry, there's a slow-mo. There's the sun. 1707 left in the countdown clock. 24 minutes into the episode. Kath and Corwin and another dude. Your fault. Uh, the doctor does know. We need you. Get down here. I'll deal with Ashton. Pod drops. He'll come for us. Martha tells the other guy in the pod, he's hopeless. She says, don't worry. The doctor will say it. You don't know that. He says, there's no hope. She goes, you don't know the doctor. Really, this is the downbeat moment, uh, emotionally strong. So they share a moment in the quietest space or multiple moments. They talk about family and, you know, prepare themselves no silence, so much noise, they'll never know. They also talk about their comparative families, like Martha begins to come to terms with, she keeps kind of, you know, this one of the thematic things is like uh, her and her family. And uh, this guy has no family, really. And so they, they kind of share, it's an important moment like that, they this, have this inverse thing going. They'll never know. He says, call them. Aaron 33, Area 30, Shandown, lured by Kath into Bioscanner. Doctor suits up. I got to remagnetize it. And the guy says, it's too late. And he goes, I'm not going to lose her. So they go kind of subtle on this one because you're carrying, you know, stuff with Rose. And, and, and even with Martha's past uh, interactions with the doctor that, you know, the doctor's got to save his companion, right? It's on this red, red suit, man. That's at 12.55 in the countdown, 28.45 in the episode. Martha calls her mom. It's me again. There's mysterious people listening into the mom's phone. They're tapped. They got it tapped. She says she's out with mates. Let's talk about anything. Uh, the mom's trying to buy time for whoever's tapping the phone. So it was a little bit like, like I said, Martha, you call me. I'll talk to you about nothing for, for as long as you want. Uh, uh, but uh, she says, just talk to me, Mom, about anything. I just want to hear your voice. Uh, but the mom, of course, uh, kind of takes it where, you know, parents tend to take it, you know, to the right to the bone. And then she says, never mind, Mom, I got to go, you know, say kiss everybody for me. And uh, they the, the tapper wants more time. Then there's a big pod hug, and then a real nice moment. Like the the guy, he's not Ashton apparently, but uh, he kisses her Martha on the forehead, holds her. Doctor, action, more wind, sun. So he's out there trying to uh, remagnetize the pod. We got to do it on the outside of the ship, of course. 
So he's trying to reach these controls and hit buttons. We see the big ship moving against the sun, big music. Uh, he gets one button, then I think two buttons. Then he's got to open up a thing and flip a lever. And he does finally, you know, they're like, you can't do it. You're, you know, you're, you're, there's too much wind, you know, the whole thing. But he pulls it off. Margaret Balfour, Magnet Balfour. I told you the doctor, then they come back. The doctor actually looks at the sun while he's out there. And it comes, he says, oh, the sun's alive. It's a sentient being or beings or something, or maybe collective something. It goes into him. They close the airlock. This is nine minutes left, 33 minutes into the episode. The doctor crawls out. Doctor, doctor, story, what's happened? Uh, Stay away, he says to Martha and everybody. The sun is a living organism. This is maybe the captain. He says, humans, you should have scanned because they did do an energy scoop. Uh, He says, you got to put me in the stasis chamber and freeze it out quickly. Then they had thought they froze the husband, but he wakes back up. Purple, ferrite color, orange. (laughs) I don't know what that is. Uh, Purple, ferrite color, orange. Doctor yelling. He's not human. Let's mishap you. That's enough. Ten seconds. uh, Get rid of it, doctor. The doctor's scared. Uh, Quiet now. Doctor's still in the suit. He goes, you got to do 200 degrees. Seven green yells. Uh, sun and ship shots. Uh, hubby rises. Shuts in downpour. Out. Uh, cut. Oh, he cuts the power. They're trying to freeze the doctor to get the sun out of him. Uh, this husband, Corwin, wakes up uh, from big sleep. Uh, cuts the power. Kath, the captain, says, leave it to me. Half crim, 4147 or 3720. Lots of cuts. Doctor starts to defrost. Get to the front of the ship. Give back what you took. So essentially, they scoop a sun energy out of the sun to run their fusion reactors, which turns out in the future would be banned, but, but, but it's actually had been banned. And, and, I mean, I'll spoil it. She says, geez, it takes a lot of work. We just needed fuel for the ship, you know. He goes, you can't scan the planet for living beings. Uh, and she goes, you know, we got you know, to report back in, you know, the efficiency triplicate or whatever. 408 uh, shut down. It was my fault. So Cass says at 343, hide and seek uh, in the airlock. Uh, so Cass playing hide-and-seek with Corwin in the airlock. She totally does that move that we've seen before. Great move, by the way. You know, she does hide-and-seek in the airlock and says, come and, come and try to find me, and then he goes in the airlock. Uh, and so they take, you know, they take a trip. To, he, she says, you want the sun? Let's go see it close up, baby. Two of, just the two of us. Uh, we can make it if we try. So she says, I'm sorry, they're out, I love you, they, and they hit it in space. Uh, keep going. Okay, I will. 22 minutes, 17 seconds, 39.54 into the episode. Everyone's moving at this point. Doctor scrawling, more big music. Symbols are crashing. Zero percent chance now, the computer's giving them. Martha, exclamation point. Doctor, can't fight it, give it back. Uh, 
Martha runs, 121. Code is make it to reboot, not working. So the dudes have made it into the the energy restart place, uh, but then they can't reboot the engines. The doctor, Martha says, forget about it. You just got to dump all the fuel out of the ship. Then she says, come on, doctor, hold on. They do a fuel dump. uh, The sun exits the ship. uh, There's lots of turbulence. They pull out of the dive. It exits the doctor. Impact is averted. Everyone stands and hugs the doctor, runs, hugs, uh, ship reversal, talking TARDIS, uh, compact, robust. Oh, so then, yeah, they have the, you know, the, whatever the, whatever the sequence after. So the couple of the crew are left. Uh, they see the TARDIS. They say, this is your ship. He goes, this I loved. He goes, yeah, this is, uh, it's compact. It's robust. Uh, they're all hugging. Official May, so they say, what are you going to do? And they say, well, we sent out an official May Day. And then they said, what are you going to tell them? And then the doctor says, why don't you try telling them the truth? Uh, they share, then Martha, Martha shares a moment with the, the uh, person whose name's not Ashton. And it's really, and I guess, relatable because uh, he's developed, obviously, a crush on Martha. And he goes, she goes, I hope you find somebody to believe in. He goes, I think I already did. She goes, he goes, will we ever see each other again? She goes, nah. And she goes, we can make it out, make out for a second. Uh, and I guess he's a good kisser because she says, well done. And I said, and I think she might even said that was hot. Uh, and I said, well, you're kidding me. Like, uh, you know, that's an understatement. And, uh, then she steps onto the ship. She's kind of skipping and she gives the doctor a hard time. Like, turned out we didn't even need you. We solved that one on our own. But the doctor's kind of like scowling. And there's like this awkward moment at first, but it's really that he's locked in thought, uh, or maybe not like, but again, this is a little bit of, uh, a good moment to say, okay, this is kind of, uh, tough to interpret is how you define their relationship. But with some emotion, uh, and so then awkward, tar- but then he says, he comes out of his, re- whatever you call that, uh, where you see the, the stuff I do all the time, scowl and look off into space. Uh, and he says, here's, oh, here's a key to the TARDIS, uh, for long-term companions or whatever. Uh, but it's still kind of awkward. Then she says, oh, my mom. Uh, so she calls her mom. And mom says, oh, what do I do to deserve three calls in a day? And she goes, if you're going to act like that, you won't be getting another one. And she says, I'm going to come around and see you. Yeah. Uh, what day is it, by the way? It's election day. Mom, mom keeps wanting to know she's with the doctor. And she goes, I got to go. Uh, I'll see you at some point soon. And I guess she probably could be telling the truth because they can go, you know, jump around in time and space. And then we see the agents, they put the phone, the mom's phone in a bag. Uh, so they take her phone and then they say, Mr. Saxon, I'll hear about this or something. And that's the end of the episode of my notes. And I'll be talking in a second here about the episode as I'm watching it. All right, we got the episode's running now. He's scanning the phone. and. Uh, Walking around, talking to Martha, tosses her the phone. 
She says, oh, no way, this is mad. Uh, you can call anywhere. How as long as you know the area code? A frequent flyer privilege. So I'm running the tape. I just want to see. They may fast forward a little bit. If fast forward, whatever they call it, just scrubbing. I have to scrub my way through things. No way to. Oh, that was one of the things. Now they're on the steamy ship. Now that is hot. Automated distress. Uh, it's like sun in here. Working at full pelt to trying to cool down. Whatever it is, wherever we are. Well, if you can't stand the heat, the doctor says, but then he just exits. Get out of the kitchen. I guess he's getting out of the kitchen. That's when the crew, crew come. They say, get out of there. What are you doing? And uh, they say, oh, they do, they do notice the box, that it's a police box, huh? And they say, geez, the engine stopped. Why aren't the engines going? Uh, secure closure active. Ship's gone mad. Somebody else is running. You're, 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 I forgot. I'm sorry. For, I forgot so many people's names. Uh, who are you? Uh, he's the doctor. I'm Martha. Hello. Then Martha, this is how they hang the beginning of the episode. She looks out the window. Or this is how they get to the beginning of the episode. She looks out the window, sees the sun, says, doctor, doctor, doctor. Look, uh, 42 minutes till the sun, Kath, uh, the captain says. And we put, it's a slow pull out and pan across. Uh, and uh, we see the tail of the ship. We see the sun. And everything's moving around. What was this, Solar? No, that's not the name. I should Google what the name of that movie was. Is a name I can't remember, even though I've seen it a bunch of times. Uh, then the episode starts to open. And... Uh, Let's see, what is this? Uh, you know, it goes through the, the, the stars of the show and who directed it or wrote the episode. That's what I was kind of interested in. It's Doctor Who. And just waiting here. Waiting as things go over now. Chris Chibnall. And then the Doctor starting. Let's see. Uh, can't believe I can't remember the name of this movie. Solar, not Solaris. I'm close though. Um, let's see. It's, it's only one word. But why? I mean, my brain is just. Uh, but you know, I can't not. Uh, let's say, well, Drew, this is your job here is to uh, make sure people know about it. Sunshine. That's why I couldn't think of it. It was too, it was too uh, sensible uh, for me to remember. Sunshine. So, okay, so now they're working on the ships, trying to figure stuff out. 29 passwords. Tarjay system. Tarjay. Half universe away from home, Martha. Feels it, she says. Hey, Doc, or hey, Captain, what's up with the ship? Uh, I thought Fusion was outlawed. Well, let's just do an awkward look and move on. Or, oh, that's convenient. It hasn't been outlawed yet. Uh, I want to see that Happy Prime song. No response. Uh, can't get to the computers or whatever. Controls are burnt out. Uh, can't get them online. What about auxiliary engines? Uh, 
don't have access. Uh, they're at the front of the ship, which is sealed off. 29 doors. Override them, yo. Uh, Martha says, they say deadlocks. Uh, Got to put a passcode in. No, Oh, deadlock. Sonic screwdriver doesn't work on a deadlock. Uh, defeated before you even started. Oh, listen to you. Where's your Dunkirk spirits? They could use a little Dunkirk spirit. Uh, Riley Vashti. That's the person. That's the honky person, not Ashton. Get to work. Uh, and uh, reliable and simple. Okay, let's get to work. Martha's going to help. Remote controls needs to be careful, Martha. Okay, I will. Okay, then the thing runs on. Let's see. My next notes are clamp door trip colors, but only one chance. Uh, let's see where that is. Uh, we got uh, stasis chamber, industrial music, little old uh, sedation. Doctor's looking sharp in the suit. I like uh, the striped shirt, Matt. The stripe. I love the way that uh, everything plays off one another. Chuck Taylor's on. Doctor's giving out, you know, kind of instructions, eh? Get to work here. Let's do that. Okay, uh, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Oh, what's your favorite color? I think one. it's purple for one of the people. That's later in the episode. Clamp it on. What are you typing? Uh, Doors trip code is uh, ran, set to a random question set by the crew. Nine two tours back, we thought them up, uh, so we'd know we were the only ones who knew the answers, right? Okay, remote pulse uh, clamp. Uh, we only get one chance. Uh, if you get it wrong, whole system freezes. Oh, I had the time here. Oh no, that's thirty-two fifty. Pentalion's first flight. Uh, what is the date of that? It must be a popular piece of history. Uh, okay, yeah, only one chance. Uh, what's Corwin doing? Check that bio scan. Can't make sense of his data. Give me a couple minutes, so I'll let you know. That's when Corwin is faking sleeping. As we already become a hydrogen-based being. And uh, he's getting ready to make his move. They go to the next thing. This is a good one. I want this dialogue. How's it going? We're at door 28, boss. Uh, move faster. <laughs> Hardy har. Okay, find the next number in the sequence. 331, 313, 331, 367. Doctor knows it right away because she says, what do you mean you don't know all the answers? Uh, he says 379. It's a sequence of happy primes, 379. Happy what? Enter it. Uh, you sure? Any number that reduces to one. Okay, whoa, whoa. Too fast, Doctor. <laughs> See if I can get the pauses right on this. I don't think I can. Yeah, happy sequence of primes. Uh, you know who's happy? Optimus Prime. Sometimes. Also, I like that Optimus Prime. Sometimes grouchy, though. You know who's not very happy? Optimus Prime. It does seem a bit grouchy. But very paternal. It does seem loving, but a grouch. Uh, any number that reduces to one, when you take the sum of the square of its digits and continue iterating until it yields one is a happy number. No, no idea. Uh, the crew and bull, everybody looks stunned. Any number that doesn't, isn't a, a happy prime is a number 
that's both happy and prime. Now type it in. And, uh, he says, talk about dumbing down, dumbing down. Don't they teach recreational mathematics anymore? So that's pretty funny. Okay. We got doctor running clamping 30 minutes left on this, uh, countdown, just cargo ship. Uh, can't believe this all depends on a pub quiz. Uh, what's this next one? Classical music, most pre-download number ones. Uh, the Beatles, uh, how are we supposed to know that? Even the doctor doesn't know this answer. Uh, they're working on the engine. Nobody knows. Here comes the sun. She calls her mom. Hey, it's me, Martha. Uh, Martha, mom's like in the kitchen. She's fixing, she has a French press, so I don't know if she's making coffee or tea. She has a couple plants. I think she grows her own herbs, Mom does. Oh, she's doing some dishes. So she's such a good hostess, uh, like for her guests. Oh, just in case you were wondering, yeah, Martha has a flip phone. Because this is a flip phone. So when did you get so rude? A couple of pineapples Mom has in a fruit bowl. Okay, right now I don't see any uh, interference. Uh, so I guess later in the episodes when the people show up. So she's trying to boot up her computer. She's got to plug the mouse in. What is this for? For a pub quiz. Yeah. Can you look it up? Uh, you're not allowed to look stuff up. Uh, please find it. There's 400,000 results. Uh, give me a minute. Uh, 2850 left till impact. Uh, the doctor call or the do- ship's doctor calls the doctor. Oh, did I ever tell you this one? Uh, it's a pretty old g- gag, but, uh, it's one of my favorite things to do is if you know, like if you're, if you're, if you're somewhere where there's a medical convention, this is one of my, you say, Scoots, what do you do for fun? Other than the stuff you talk about on the podcast? I say, well, I think of stuff on elevators to do the silly. So you get on the elevator. You, I guess you could do this also at a, like a place where there's like other places. And then you go to the back of the elevator, you wait a little while and then you say, doctor. And, uh, Everybody turns around, or a lot of people do. And they say, doctor, <laughs> if you're with somebody, it's even better. But I did that in Las Vegas once, like hours at a time. Once I thought, I was, once I found it amusing, uh, like I, could, I couldn't stop doing it. it uh, I'm trying to think what hotel it was, but there was a convention. I knew a doctor that was there, so I knew, I knew of its existence. So, yeah, this, it probably says more about me than it says about me. Okay, Colin, Irwin, Arena, Area 17. Martha's still on the phone with her mom. What was that? There's a lot of yelling because uh, vapors and stuff. Uh, mom, maybe this is what pushes, maybe there's a scene cut where mom calls in the uh, authority figures from whatever, uh, the secret team that taps her phone. Nerves, reserve, uh, Lots of yelling, doctor running to stabilize some stuff. Corwin, why? My husband. So this is all the notes. Uh, you, you already heard this part. Uh, trying to think, uh, what are we details? This is a nice looking ship. I don't know how, like, I'd like to see the filming of this. Uh, questions like, are they building a new set uh, for every episode? Are they re- using other existing sets? Here's a challenge to anybody that's in like uh, that that has access to sets. Uh, 
this is totally impossible, but uh, what if you put me randomly on one of your sets? You don't tell me anything about it, right? Uh, you give me no information. You bring me in there. I'll make a sleep with me episode. On, we'll call it a sleeping on the set. Uh, and uh, because I, I could do it like uh, in this, I could go to, because there's probably multiple locations, right? Uh, I did thought, I, I, here's here's more about, uh, here's another tangent about me. Uh, so I did think about that uh, for a good place, but I, I was too afraid. Uh, so here's like, you know, just being honest, normalizing things for people out there that avoid things. Uh, it came up a few times. I may have already shared it too. I actually met the person. Maybe it was during season one of the Good Place. I was producing a podcast for NBC. I think we exchanged emails, not just email addresses, but we even sent an, sent an email to one another. What year was this? Probably I don't know, twenty fifteen, maybe twenty sixteen. And then I didn't think of it like till like season two or three. And then I said I should email them. I did email NBC so I could get early screeners, uh, which was which happened, so that I could do, do watch episodes a week early. But I never, uh, I said, I should ask the person that runs the podcast. Then it ended up that the host of the podcast, uh, I had, like, I didn't know them personally. I'd seen them perform live, uh, Mark, and then... Uh, like, uh, then like I knew someone that knew them, actually met them, but like, I didn't know them, but I shook, shook, shook his hand. Uh, this is Mark Evan Jackson. Um, so I said, oh, I could email that person and ask them to ask Mark. I could try to email my contact, the person that was originally producing the podcast for NBC. I could email the person who gave me the screeners. Because they said, okay, I know that Good Place has some of their sets at, on Universal's lot or Universal Studios. I know that's not that far for me to go. What if I did an episode, like, from the set uh, of, like, some inane details of the set or even interviewed the set dresser or anybody? Because they do such a good job there. And old Andy came in, or old Nana, Andy and Nana, my comedy team, the comedy team, that a comedy team with Quash Dreams, Andy and, and Nana. Uh, somebody remind me of some of this stuff. The Andy and Nana comedy team that quashes your dreams, Andy and Nana. I, maybe I should write that down. Hold on. You think we may have just uh, figured out uh, Nuns in Space Season 3? Uh, so if you're listening to this, I, like, since stuff gets released out of order, pretty cool. I'm pretty sure we got one piece of that, uh, that, uh, that's a missing piece, Andy and Nana. Or it could be Andy and Anna. Comedy team that quashes dreams. Okay, so what was I saying about quash, comedy dream? I had a tangent I was going on. Not about elevator with doctors. Not about Doctor Who, really. Now I can't even remember what it was. Uh, Andy said to me, huh, well, I lost it. That's all right, though. I thought it was this, it was some story about me. Obviously, that's why I was, you know, what am I going to be talking about? Uh, and it was going down some mental uh, past thing. Can't remember now. Sorry about that. Uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm sure it'll bubble back up to the surface again. What was it about? Was it even related to this? It had to be related to the episode in some way, I guess. But the episode's still running. 
doctors talking to Catholic, serious talk. Uh, she's still in denial, saying, I wish I knew. Uh, let's see. He'll care. He'll come for us. Okay, so this is the next thing. We got uh, Ashton goes gets transformed into a, a hydrogen-based being. And they're trying to figure out the next code. Cor- right now, Corrin's about to turn Ashton into a carbon base or not a carbon-based being. Who's there? Ashton, what are you doing? I'm about to uh, shine like a diamond. Uh, so that's when they go into the escape pod. And they have to, you know, that's when the, this is the, the back and forth. They close the doors. Oh, being on set. Sorry. Sorry, Doctor Who. We did run through the episode, though. So it's like, uh, so I said, oh, don't bother. Andy and Nana came in and they said, don't bother. Like, uh, and I said, oh, yeah, you're right. That's kind of scary. It's kind of scary to me to like pitch an idea. And I said, it's not a half bad idea. But the thing is, with sleep with me related ideas, so, like if you're a listener, you say, oh, of course, that's a great idea. But normal people that don't listen to sleep with me or have never had a contact, a direct contact with somebody, even if they have somebody in their life that listens to sleep with me, they usually just give you, I mean, you know, look, I'm going to get, I say, like, even when I pitch anything, I say, what if I come to your festival and I record it? And they say, what do you mean? I say, I'll just observe things and I'll record it or I'll record live. Uh, Even like other fairs that have actually gotten access to, they still give me a look and they say, what are you doing again? And then I said, don't worry, it's not, this is, no one is the butt of a joke but me. And no one's got a bigger butt for joke, being the butt of a joke than I do. So don't worry, that's not my purpose here. I'm not making it boring to be funny either. It's really the best lulls come from true joy and appreciation. But that's not, that's hard for me to, like, uh, (laughs) I tend to go, uh, I'll be, like, talking like this and, uh, Say, how about this doily over here? So I did pass on that, but I think that maybe I'm growing. So maybe someday I'll be able to pick, pitch a future series and say, hey, what if I came on set? Uh, so that's uh, that's that. Uh, episode's still running. Doctor's going to come for us. Right now, Kath is having a showdown with her husband. Uh, I don't know if any of this... Uh, Doctor's running to try to get Martha. That's enough. He's showing down with Ashton. What do you want? Uh, tell me. That's when he punches the thing. Uh, jettison activated. Can't stop it. Martha's or Cass having a showdown with Corwin. And he says, yeah, it's your fault. Uh, uh, Corwin gets frozen, which we find out later is temporarily. They have ice vents. That's Andy. I mean, I guess if you're working by his son. So doctor shows down with Ashton. Hey, let's go toe to toe. I want to know who you really are. He goes to reach for his thing, but that's when the freezing affects them both because they're kind of like a community or they're linked, you know. Airlock is sealed. So meanwhile, the doctor is distracted just long enough. Uh, Oh, no, then Ashton has to go deal with... uh, he says, Ashton's coming up. Uh, he's like Corwin now. And they say, well, we're toast, man. Uh, now Martha uh, says everything's locked. Uh, she's stressed. Uh, the pod's jettisoned. 
doctor's like, oh, no, uh, now they're, they're sealed so they can't hear each other. Doctor says, I'll save you. She says, doctor, I'll save you. The dude says, Martha, I don't have any Dun- no Dunkirk spirit on this, bo- on this ship. Uh, can't hear you. I'll save you. Martha's at the window. Beautiful necklace on Martha. I don't know if I know anything about it. Has she had it the whole time? Those are kind of those are the kind of things I would only be able to observe on set. Uh, okay, ships drifting off uh, slowly away, and uh, Martha's against the glass. So is the doctor, and her hand slowly sinks. Uh, sorry, and the ship's slowly lowering towards the sun. And whatever materials they're using to, like, mitigate the heat are, are high quality because, uh, you know, people have long enough time to, to, to get this episode to the end to solve everything. So Kath and uh, one of her uh, shipmates, as he said, what does he mean when he said it was your fault? Uh, and uh, she's not happy. Uh and he says, the doctor said this wasn't Corwin. This is now some sort of hydrogen-based being. Uh, and uh, we need your leadership, Kath, uh, to get off this boat. Oh, Skinnell. He goes, yo, I need a spacesuit quick. Uh, and she goes, go on, help the doctor. Ashton's out there. I'll deal with him. Okay, I want to see this. Before we go, I want to see this last scene with, uh, like this scene with uh, Martha and the, um, Guy whose name I already forgot. Probably because of a little bit of jealousy, for sure. Okay, wonderful world of space travel. Prettier it looks, uh, less good it is. Uh, don't worry, doctor will come. Nope, not going to happen. Haven't you, haven't you heard anything about uh, uh, whatever Andy and Nana? You don't know the doctor. I believe in him. And uh, then you're lucky. I never found anyone worth believing in. Uh, she turns. This get, catches her attention. No girlfriend. No boyfriend. Nobody. Nah. I'm been in, you know working space. Not really. You know family. Nah. Dad. I haven't talked to my mom in a while. Six years. And my dad's in you know like on another outer space. Uh, you know big space tour. Uh, Things are silent out here, man. Silent. Uh, Mom wanted to hold on to me, but uh, I needed to fly. She goes, yeah, families, man. He goes, what about you? She goes, "Uh, I got mom, dad, dad's girlfriend. Full works. uh, Sister, brother. No silence there. So much noise. uh, Really nice moment, especially with contrasting with that. And then she says, geez, they'll never, that, that's the thing. I think Rose went through the same thing. It's like, uh, they won't know nothing. Uh, and, uh, he says, we'll give her a call then. She goes, oh, wait a second. You're right. Meanwhile, the doctor suits up. He's in rescue mode. Let's just see the end of this episode. I mean, the, um, end of this little interaction here. Uh, doctor's got his spacesuit on. He's getting to work. Uh, Martha's calling, Mom. Hey, you know, just talk to me. Let's just run, run the internal. My internal dialogue needs a boost. Could you help? Uh, of course, I can help, honey. Love you. Why, why are you asking me so many questions? Uh, 
Well, I just wanted to say I love you. Uh, that's what I called, to say I love you, to show how much I care. Uh, meanwhile, we see that somebody's tapping in on the line. Tell Leo, Dad, Tish, uh, everybody I love them. What's wrong? Nothing. Just out with mates. Anyone nice? Uh, yeah. Uh, what mates? Like the doctor? Mom? Okay, what do you want to talk about? Uh, she says, just talk about anything, please. Uh, tell me what you had for breakfast, what you watched on TV. Like, uh, you're late, you know, you're, 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 you and dad's uh, disagreements. Is the doctor there? She goes, leave it. Uh, and she goes, it's a simple question. Now, meanwhile, Martha's crying, you know. And um, she goes, I got to go. But the spy person's like, no, 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 drag it out. We need to, you know, we're trying to zero in. But Martha hangs up. She's crying. And then they hug. Uh, and sometimes, you know, even though there's, the, we saw how that episode played out, sometimes that comfort and uh, kissing somebody on the forehead, something we could do for other people, even if there isn't that kiss, there's like, that's why I say to people, kiss your biceps, or you could kiss your biceps, kiss your shoulders. Uh, it's a way to say, hey, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't know, space, it may be a vacuum. I'm not, I think I heard that once, and it's not easy. Sometimes that's a metaphor, if, unless you're in space, actually, but you couldn't be because then it wouldn't be a metaphor. Like, it could never be. Here's, a, here's I guess, a piece of, a strange piece of irony. The fact for a human being to use it in proper context, you would never be able to say space is a vacuum. I mean, you could say it, a scientist could say it from a point of, uh, in, you know, but you could never be in space and say, oh, I found out space is a vacuum, right? I mean, that's like that my favorite book when I was a little kid where the kid d- d- digged all the way, d- digged, dug all the way to the other side of the world uh, and kept having to invent stuff. Of course, I don't remember the name. I think I've been unable to uncover the two, the two most seminal books in my childhood. I can't figure out the titles of them or if they ever existed. The other one was like on a space station and the kid had a twin that was an android. And uh, I think that was a two, two-part series or more. I mean, but uh, this book was a picture book. That, that other one was like a... Not young adult, but uh, but whatever you read between being picture books and young adult. But you could never say, I guess what my point would be, unless you wrote a picture book about how to do it, you could never be in space and, and say space is a vacuum. Uh, wow, there's some life, Some I guess you couldn't even say that's a life goal for me to find that out. So it'll, there's something that might be almost like a forever, like a, a metaphor or simile that space is a vacuum. But sometimes, uh, but I'm here to kind of keep vacuuming up those thoughts and ki- keep you kissing your shoulders. Uh, whether you're kissing your shoulders for you or someone else out there, like Martha and that like handsome dude she's with in space, whose name I can't remember, the doctor, Kath, or Corwin, or, you know, the other crew members. Uh, I hope you're drifting comfortably. If you're not, there's plenty of other episodes ready to go to help. Uh, thanks and good night.